down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After Dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show start right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show start right now. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars and welcome back to another stellar episode. We are back again bringing you the best artists and talent in the entertainment industry and we are on season two. Thank you so much for checking out and making this program what it is today. But if you don't know who I'm speaking with today, the brother I'm about to introduce you to, let me give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of information. He is a singer a songwriter, a producer, and I don't use this word lightly, but a visionary. This man has more talent in his pinky finger than a large percentage of the music industry have in their entire bodies. He had an incredible breakthrough in 2021, and the world is going to be his oyster in 2022. One of the pillars of the Austin, Texas music scene, and one of the most dynamic artists we've had to date. Welcome, Sam Houston of Black Odyssey. Brother, how are you doing today? I'm blessed, man. How you doing? Man, it, it couldn't be any better. It couldn't be any better. I'm starting 2022, talking with a future icon, so I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Much love, brother. Absolutely. So, it's a tradition here on The Den. Everyone knows I'm a big nerd. I'm a big comic book fan. Every Marvel movie, every DC movie, I'm there in the seat. And one thing that is consistent, all heroes have an origin story. And I know you have a very interesting one. Tell the Denmates how you have morphed into Black Odyssey. Give us a little bit of insight on how that happened. What's your origin story? Yeah, man. Well, um, you know, I started music um, at a very young age because I grew up in a town where Black culture and Black music was just super prevalent and it was super very, like engraved in everyday life. Um, so I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. That's where Parliament Funkadelic uh, was founded and uh, where that band came up. So uh, soul music and funk and psychedelia was something that just came very honest to my childhood. And I uh, I grew up on that style of music, which, you know, obviously led to uh, a life at this point of just exploring different genres and exploring different styles of music and trying to morph them into a particular and distinct sound. So, um, yeah, man, I, I I grew up in Plainfield and, uh, you know, I even had the privilege to grow up around some of the younger family members of the Parliament family that was also doing music. And we sort of saw ourselves as, you know, the next generation of. So we carried that on our shoulders and always tried to be innovative with the sound that we put out, always tried to be very fresh and new just like you know our predecessors were so um yeah i did that and we all went to music school coming up and kind of spent a lot of time sharpening each other uh and and just diving into different kinds of music and doing shows and house party shows and different things of that sort and block parties and just kind of like trying to keep the music culture in that city going uh you know, but eventually I, I felt like I was kind of outgrowing the, the the setting and that I wanted to, you know, do something a little bit different. So in 2015, 
I up and moved to Austin, Texas, where I am now. And, uh, you know, I uh, started to dive into the rock roots a little bit more. Uh, started to dive into some of the more classics that I wasn't exposed to where I, where I grew up. Because pr- primarily, you know, if we knew rock music, it was it was maggot brain kind of rock music. It wasn't like Led Zeppelin and, and, and you know, all that other stuff. So I wasn't exposed to that until I graduated high school. So, you know, um, I had pretty much a hip hop foundation and, and a psychedelic like rock foundation, which is something weird, you know, but thank God, because it's kind of what shaped the sound that we have. Um, anyway, yeah, I moved to Austin and um, I began to cut my teeth out here playing live shows. Um, this is where I linked up with uh, one of my closest collaborators for the last six years, who was a guitar player in my band and like a best friend to me, Alejandro, who's uh, really the only other member of Black Odyssey and he comes up with guitar parts and, uh, you know, he's kind of just always been there. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we started playing shows and, you know, had trouble finding a sound for the first couple of years um, until, you know, me and him took a trip back to Plainfield where I grew up and he was like just submerged in the culture for a week or so and you know then we came back and kind of figured out like oh that's right you know that's how music is natural for me and that's how it feels and he really had a deep appreciation for how that music felt and the grooves and like you know he got a taste of like what rock could feel like if it had you know, church players playing behind it and, and people that were more um, experiencing like soul music. So we, 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 we took that trip and then we came back to Austin and things just started to change for us. We had a different perspective on like music um, and we, we just started to grow as a live band, but we still hadn't released any, any albums and we were in a funky management situation um, that just didn't really like help us hone in on what we needed to be honing in on. So, you know, we struggled up until like 2020, right about when we, when the pandemic came around and, um, you know, we were, we were starting to bubble up a little bit as like this whole like rock sort of thing. And we were starting to gain some notoriety. We had got some touring done around the country and, um, yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to have been working decently well. It was still a struggle, but it seemed to be working decently well. Um, and right when we were getting ready to start, you know, moving on that, the pandemic hit and everything just shut down. So in that time, I really had just a lot of time to spend with myself and like re- rethinking where I was going and the reasons I was going in that direction. And that's when the whole Black Odyssey takeover started to formulate. Because I started to notice that a lot of my intentions when coming to Austin was to fit in rather than stand out. Um, you see people like the Black Pumas and you see people like Gary Clark Jr. And you, 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 you look at that and say, well, that's the mold that's like working out of Austin. And there's not a lot of soul music and a lot, a lot of hip hop that's working out of here. And my, my biggest goal was to just be successful in the music industry under any circumstance. So um, I started to like, kind of like water down my blackness, if you will. And uh, like 
try to just fit in with what seemed to have been working here. Um, even as far as to call myself like a different name, like, so when we got on this interview, um, and 99% of people know me as Sam Houston, but my actual name is Juwan. And, uh, you know, like I, 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 I came to the city and I felt like I needed to just do what it took to win this crowd over. And it took up into the pandemic to, for me to like start to re-embrace like all the things that made me who I am as a musician and what grew me musically. So yeah, the pandemic really like just stopped me in my tracks and like begged the question like, what are you really doing? And where are you going? And you know, how does this relate to the things that pushed you to do music in the first place? And I, I looked at the, the music that I've been working on and it didn't push me to, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a part of my the fire under my ass. So um, I pretty much dropped everything I did and uh, started a whole new thing. And yeah, that's where the Black Odyssey thing formulated. That's where the Black Vintage Records started to formulate. Um, I really dove back into the things that moved me first, which is Parliament Funkadelic, Outkast, Biggie, Kendrick, um, D'Angelo, and those sort of, you know, vibes. And yeah, man, I came out on the other end with what I had deemed to be the best work I had done to date. So yeah, that's a bit of my origin story. I am so glad you went through the journey and, and even though the pandemic sucks, so much mm -hmm. creativity has come out of that pandemic. Cause I certainly hear uh, P-Funk. I certainly hear Stevie. I hear Sly. I hear okay. Ma Marvin. I hear growls of mm -hmm. DMX. I hear the desperation of Tupac. And it's a sound that's just merged into this beautiful flower. So I, I am so thankful that, so shout out to Alejandro, shout out to Jersey, shout out to yeah. P-Funk because without those resources, I don't think we would have uh, the wonderful work that you provided us. So th that's that's, yeah. that's big shout out to all of those parties. Now, Black Vintage, it's one of my favorite albums on the year. Uh, we gave it one of our top ratings on our top 10 album uh, list of 2021. Uh, it, it's dynamic. I always send music to my dad, even though he's 71. He's from that generation of Stevie, of P-Funk. So he's the vibe check. And yep. he thought you were an older artist. He was like, oh no, I grew up with him in the 70s. I'm like, no dad, I assure you, you didn't. He was like, no, I, this sound, this sound, this is this live instrument. I'm like, dad, no, I, I promise you, he wasn't born in the 70s. This is That's not what you think it is. So he's giving wow. you the, the biggest stamp of approval because he, he oh, was like, this okay. is something I heard in Vietnam. This is like, Lynn, this is beautiful. And, and he's 71 and he pumps it every single day, every single day. Oh, that's beautiful to hear, bro. I can't even tell you, man. That that right there, that's my, you know, satisfaction right there. I don't, you know, care. Yeah, man. Thank you for sending me to me. Yeah, man. It, it's my pleasure. He told me to make sure I, I tell you that. Now, it, it's funny when you mention that, you know, moving to the scene and a, a gold fit in. I think in the music industry is such a difficult, unfair industry anybody trying to make it, it's only common sense that you're going to try to fit into some mold because you want to succeed. Uh, but yeah. the album, Black Vintage, is unapologetic, unapologetically a story of Black America. And, and I love that. There's some very personal stories on the album. How was it emotionally for you when you completed this project? 
Man, emotionally, when I, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you, Crystal. Um, emotionally, when I completed the project, it was it was a huge weight off my shoulders because I felt like so many years I was sort of dancing around um, and I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my purpose. You know, I had grown up in a black community and saw police brutality firsthand and a lot of different aspects of systematic racism and, um, you know, just the marginalization and trivialization that the black community sees on a day-to-day basis. I, I feel like I saw a lot of it firsthand and I saw oppression growing up firsthand. So I was upset at myself for a long time for not living that out in the music. And I did it in front of so many white people and I felt guilty for not sharing those stories, you know? Um, so this was a huge weight off my shoulder because I finally felt like I had put something out into the world that was of real substance. Um, and I felt like I was doing my part. Um, and of course, like revisiting some of those like stories because, you know, to me, the album was so vivid and it was, it was something that I really felt like I had to put myself in the middle of these stories in the center of these, um, these sonics to really create the urgency and the anxiety and the, 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 you know, the emotion that I wanted to create in those songs. And I feel like on Black Vintage, we, um, you know, we, 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 we were able to achieve that a bit. Um, I feel like on this deluxe record that's coming out soon, um, which I really haven't even announced yet, but we all putting out a deluxe Oop. record. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And, and it, uh, it, it, it's really just a, it's a deeper dive into what I wanted to achieve on Black Vintage. Um, and I, I mean, it's, it's, it just really adds so much more to the project because I didn't have time necessarily to really like do what I wanted to do. We had started to tease the project around and, you know, we wanted to use that window we had to get, you know, the urgency out. And I think the project was great, but with these additional like four to five songs that are going to go onto it, um, it's not kind of just going to be placed at the end, but sort of sequenced throughout because it, it's like the missing pieces of the puzzle. If you wonder how you got from like one section to the, to the next, um, these, five songs, four or five songs, or four songs in our interlude is really what's going to like glue the project together and as to where people can actually like feel like they're in the center of this now. Um, and yeah, like it's just uh, a, a new variation to the project that just adds to me uh, an incredible, you know, additional amount of depth. So I'm excited to put the, the deluxe out this year. And uh, yeah. I'm excited to listen because w- what you're bringing now, the energy you're bringing now is something that is much needed, not only in the black community, but just in the, I like to call it the have not community because those who weren't raised with a silver spoon, this is music for our souls. It literally feeds our souls. So I, I'm uber excited and I can't wait to hear it. Now, one thing that we pride ourselves here at The Den, we're more than a podcast, we're a community. We're all about love, support, helping people with their passion, networking, mentorship. And one thing that attracted me to your story is, I mentioned earlier, you're a pillar of the Austin music scene. And we have actually interviewed 
several artists from your coaching tree and they all sing your praises. Uh, Grace Sorison, uh, Moody Banks, I could go on and on. And when I ask them who's their favorite, your name comes up over and over and over again. How important is it to share your gift with others in the craft? Man, I think like more than anything with like Grace and, and Casey and, and uh, Moody and all of the artists here in Austin that I've had the pleasure of just being able to be around. Um, you know, the one thing that I've always been like very poignant on is like sharing the wealth as I gain it. Um, and I've never like tried to ostracize or keep any other new artists out. Um, because I was that new artist in Austin once and I felt like some of the people that had been here before me that may have had like opportunities that I didn't um, I felt that sometimes they would see somebody new come in that was cold and they would be like no I can't I can't give any of that shine to them because that's going to take shine off of me and I always you know made sure that that wasn't me you know I always made sure that I was always looking for the new artist here that was really good and helping connect dots wherever I could, you know, loaning my, my production ear, writing ear, whatever it may be, um, to helping try to develop their stuff more. Um, you know, I worked on Grace's new record that's coming out and uh, Moody, I did, um, I think pretty much all of her new record. Um, and it was, it's a pleasure for me to be able to do that because you know, as I grow and, you know, we're getting ready to sign a record deal, um, a major record deal here um, within the next couple of weeks. And it's important for me to be able to spread that wealth to other artists um, and not hoard that, you know. So I think more than the music thing, like, yeah, I think they enjoy what, you know, Black Odyssey puts out. But I'm trying to build a community and, I, and I'm, I'm very, like, pointing on building a community here. And I'm sure that they probably feel that from an artist that has been doing it here for a little while and has gained the name as one of the best in town, that it's not like any sort of weird energy. Like I'm always finding ways to get them involved and trying to find ways to evangelize their name as well. So it's really like a, a you know, a push and pull kind of thing where you really just all support each other. Yeah, I, I love that. And like I said, that's what we, do we do the same thing our mission statement is almost identical you know I, I have a history in the music scene so we get a lot of young independent artists and you know let them know hey don't sign this work with this work with this make sure this is in your deal so uh when yep. we hear someone uh giving praises out like that it, it proves that there's enough shine to go around heal people help people hurt people hurt people and so i, I appreciate you just just sharing your gift because it reflects all of those artists you named are incredible. Now, yeah. one thing that I wanted to touch on, the visuals. The visuals from the album cover to the music videos to everything, it's so cinematic. Who helped you with those visuals and establishing those visual things? My team was very involved in um, getting the right visuals. Um, one, of the, one of my homies that I went to music school with growing up, his name is Finn. He's actually one of my co-managers. Um, and then sort of like one of his mentors stepped in as our, our manager as well, um, whose name is Nat Cochran. And he's um, in, in Los Angeles by way of United Kingdom. So uh, they were very poignant in this project in, gen in general and just bringing the artistic 
um, vision together for me and helping me um, cultivate all the ideas that I had. Um, you know, the ghost, I mean, the uh, the Black Vintage um, cover was like really a blessing. We had hired an African artist to do the cover and, um, you know, the ideas that she was sending was just so in the wrong direction. It, it almost seemed like a, like a scam for real. Like it was crazy. <laughs> and uh, I was like, damn, this is awful. Like we could never use this. People would laugh at the cover. Like it looks absolutely awful. So we had spent, <laughs> we had spent the budget that we had for the album cover already. Um, and you know, it got to a situation where it was like, man, we don't have that money anymore. Um, but then I came across an artist online that I really like, liked what he was doing. And I was just going through his stuff and I had noticed, um, you know, a photo that inspired me to just hit him up and ask him, like, if he can do some more work around this and try this and try that. Um, and if you'd be willing to like work on a project. And I sent him the album and he was like, man, typically I don't listen or even, you know, consider loaning my art to stuff like this. But when I listen to the record, I, I I have to be a part of what I know this is gonna be. And that was such a special connection, man. Um, and, you know, his team went through mine and we, you know, created the Black Vintage cover to what it is now. And that cover meant so much to me. It was such a blessing to be able to have that particular cover because it was such a visceral piece of art it wasn't a standard album cover it was more um what i consider to be like fine art and and a statement piece um and it and, it, and ironically um sort of matched the line in the song ghost ride that all my brothers are drowning slow and you have somebody standing in the center and watching different hands kind of drown in the water. And it was symbolic in it and it and it represented, you know, me sort of in the center of seeing all of these different things in my community happening and um, sort of not watching from the outside in, but kind of just from the center, looking around at all these different things. And finally, having my head above water myself to be able to articulate all these different things that have happened in our communities. Um, so that's sort of what the cover meant. And yeah, man, I mean, the deluxe cover is really sick as well because it it's like a continuation of that. You kind of see the head start to pop above water. So I'm excited to put that out within the next couple of months. And yeah. We are dope. We are excited. I can't wait that we're doing the Birdman hand rub because I can't wait <laughs> to, uh, to hear this because like I said, Black Vintage to me, if it's not in your top two and and I'm not saying two, then uh, you, you, something's wrong with you. Now, tell me a little bit about your new venture, Earth Child Inc. I know it's just started and it's very fresh, but mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about what you have planned for that uh, venture. Man, I look at like some of my favorite artists like Kendrick and J. Cole. And I, I look at the amount of influence that they have at their point at this point in their career. Um, and I've always been super anxious to do the same. 
create something like a PG Lang or a TDE or a Dreamville. Um, what I noticed is that a lot of these artists um, do it when they get to a, you know the pinnacle, you know, of their career when they're selling thousands and thousands of tickets to stadiums. Um, and I just didn't think it was necessary to like wait, you know, like I have come across some of the most amazing connections in the last six months that I've had in my life. You know, CEOs of different record labels following me and head of A&Rs at Def Jam, CEO at Def Jam, like all these different connections, managers, agents, you know what I'm saying? We've, we're, we're on a major agency now. So like, I, I, I see all these connections going in and out of my phone every day, texting these people on a, on just a casual basis. And I'm like, dang, I mean, I could, these people are talking to me as friends. Like I could, I could send this person music. I could, I could send this person music and if they enjoy it, I could, you know, broke a, a business partnership between this artist that I might enjoy and that artist that I might enjoy. Um, so that was the first thing. I, I noticed that there was opportunities to help build people in a more legit way. So I wanted to create a shop for that. But um, on top of that, I felt like there was a need, especially where I'm at, to create more culture in, in, in my, my, my city and like create more, um, you know, sort of just like interactive events that that people can can grow in. Um, so with that in mind, I, I wanted to create Earth Child um, right around the South by Southwest 2022 um, area because you know what I'm going to do this year is launch the company at South by, and I'm going to bring in some of the you know the biggest people in my network to do an industry panel here at South by um, and just do a bunch of different showcasing events where I bring in major artists from outside the city and local artists within the city that I think could, you know, gel well together and sort of cross pollinate those fan bases um, and get industry eyes on, on the people that I think, you know, can really do things at the next level. So that's where Earth Child is. It's, it's, it's really just like, no different than a, a Dreamville or a TDE or a PG Lang, like, you know, trying to cultivate, you know, culture and, and and do it while I'm rising. So it doesn't need to be like, oh, let me get there and then I'll look back. It's like, I just signed a record deal. These people trust me artistically. So why not be like, yo, thanks for, you know, believing me. I have something else that I'm developing as an artist and, you know, as a, as a producer and um, just like as a business mind, I'm developing this. I think you would be interested in it. I think it fits into what you guys are doing. And really just having like the ability to just discern like, is this gonna work on a major level or is it just something that is cool? Um, uh, and, and being able to just like break other artists has always been like a, a goal of mine. So yeah, that's what Earth Child is. Love it and you definitely have 100% support of the Den Meat movement. We are all about that. If people don't know Den actually stands for dreams and nightmares. That's that's the whole mm -hmm. thing. If you live your dreams, it'll end any nightmare of your reality. And we always tell people don't wait because time goes on regardless. Just start, just start. Yep. If you fail, when I, when I started this venture, I started just audio and then we went to the visual medium. But when I started, I just had a phone. I just had a phone 
and a voice and that's all I did and, and then I found my niche as it went along and then we've developed where we've made so many relationships but um yeah you you have 100% support you have my info anything we can do promo we don't charge a thing because you know giving back is priceless so you you Thank have you. Our, you have our support so brother it's been a pleasure talking to you I know you're busy and I know you don't have much time but before I let you go we got to get get you that official denmate stamp and what we do here to get that denmate stamp and make it official we play a little game and the game that you drew is called if you don't know now you know shout out biggie baby baby so we're gonna ask you some spot questions really quick and then we just want to let the community get to know you and have a little fun so are you ready yes sir let's do it all right so if you don't know now you know first question First celebrity crush. Oof. First celebrity crush. Hmm. It's a good one. Ah. <sighs> I don't think about that. Um. Who is? I don't. I don't know her name, but uh, Ashley off of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Tatiana so, Ali. What was her name? Tatiana Ali. Fine, bro. Yeah. Tatiana Ali, I loved her. Yeah, yeah. She was amazing. She she is amazing. She's still bad. So Tatiana, she, she's oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think mine was Elisa Milano. I got some age on you, so uh, who's the yeah. boss was mine. But yeah, she's up there for sure. If, yeah. if you were not creating this dynasty with your music, what do you think you'll be doing? Um I, well, you know, like I said, uh does Earth Child count in that or outside of that? Yeah, outside of all entertainment. Yeah, outside of entertainment. Yeah, I'm I'm huge into food. I'm huge into like culinary arts. Um, also with, with with Earth Child, we're, we're um, relaunching a concept called Soul House Foods, which is Harlem style soul food here in Austin. Um, and we're doing pop up events with that. Um, so I would find my way somewhere in, in like culture driven work um, with with soul food and. You know, finding ways to to lift people up with that. That's my my second passion is food. Oh, man, hey, we 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 might be related, brother, because I'm I'm a foodie yeah. myself. We're in fact yeah. we're uh, launching this show. Should I say this? I, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. We're launching a show this year where we're going to be visiting inmates towns and finding good places to eat, kind of like uh, Anthony oh, Bourdain, but with a brother for a beard. So we we may have to link up, man. Because I, I come, I, come I, on through, bro. I'm a foodie Let's myself. I'm, I just yeah. had the uh, Biera taco for the first time in my life because here in oh, the yeah. East Coast, we don't have the best Mexican food and it changed my no, life. Uh, All right. No. So for me, like I said, I have a little bit of age on you. For me, it's one song that as cool as I am, will make me lose my shit and run to the dance floor. What's that one song for you? Ooh. Probably Atomic Dog by Funkadelicus. Oh, man. Shout out to the HBCUs. I I, 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 I went to an HBCU, so I know that song very, All my very well. And shit. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Yep. Now you're you're a man that that can play multiple instruments. But what is your favorite instrument? What is your your your, your I always say BB King had Lucille. What's your Lucille? Uh, man, like this has been my baby lately, bro. The bass just 
I don't know, something about the foundation of music and bass, like, really started to move me a couple years ago, and I picked it up and played bass on my album as well, like, like Hang Low and, and Ghost Ride and, and uh, a couple other, like, songs on the record. I got to lay bass on and a lot of the new stuff on the album I played on, so this is, like, my baby. Deep Line is the birth of the song for me. Uh, the percussion and the bass is, if that's not there, you know, everybody oh. knows, doom, 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 you know, it's, yep. it's all about the bass yep. line. So, shout out Bootsy, shout out Flea, my two favorite best bassists. Absolutely. Yep. Now, final question on if you don't know, now you know. If you could have oh. one superpower, what would it be? Oof. Uh, whatever superpower entails being able to influence anyone that you touch in any way. Okay, that's uh, now I'm gonna go into my nerd. That's something the purple man has. It's called tactile, uh, tap, tactile, uh, mind control. So just, just yeah. a touch and, and you can do that as purple. For me, I, I, I think I would have something similar. I just wouldn't want to touch anyone to do it, you know. Yeah, so I think I'll do the professor X. So I would just, you know, be yeah. like Jeff Bezos dropped six billion in my account. All right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need right. it, you won't even notice it. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that would be it for me, man. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, that that is five for five. You have won. You are official. Like a referee with a whistle, you are stamped, then mate, gang, gang. It's Man. been an honor. It's been a pleasure. We support your entire movement. Uh, we can't wait for the new album to come out. Congratulations on the signing. Uh, and like I said, you have my info offline. Anything we can do to support, let us know. You have the full strength of the Denmate community. We love supporting uh, great artists that give so much back to the community. And we'll be happy to give back in any way we can. Thank you, brother. You have a good one, man. Absolutely. So that was my man, the king of the Austin music scene. I'm claiming it right now. He's about to take the world over. That was my man, Jawan from Black Odyssey. He is magnificent. If you haven't checked out Black Vintage, please do yourself a favor. Go ahead and go to Title, wherever you want to go. Subscribe, follow that music, follow his Instagram. What's your Instagram, brother? Uh, Black Odyssey, B-L-K-O-D-Y-S-S-Y. Follow the Instagram. There's a link there for all of his social media. Keep in contact with him. He, he has so much greatness coming on. And his his tree of talent that are, is coming from uh, it, it's going to be a dynasty like none other. So uh, it's nothing but uh, to the moon for you guys. And we appreciate you taking the time out uh, and, and coming into the den and just chatting with us. All love, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All love, all love. Well, as always, it's your boy Mars. Thank you guys for watching this amazing episode. Please check out Black Odyssey right now. You will not regret it. I've never steered you wrong. I'm batting 1,000. I'm shooting like Steph Curry when it comes to these artist recommendations. So please check it out. We're going to be here every Wednesday this year, 7 p.m. Your boy Mars, Black Odyssey. As always, deuces.